I'm very excited to begin the next chapter of my playing career for the Denver Broncos. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? You're listening to your favorite Broncos podcast with George Stoya. Each week, George will guide you through the latest in Broncos country. That means the downs. It's, it's not like a secret. <laughs> you know, we suck in September. And the ups. And I, I'm going to say this, and you would not want me to say this, but this one's for Pat! And everything in between. Kind of curious what the hell George Payton's going to do. Here's your host, George Stoya. It is Wednesday, my dudes, and welcome to another episode of your favorite Broncos podcast hosted by myself, George Stoya of the Denver and Colorado Springs Gazette. Today, I am joined by Eric Delala of DenverBroncos.com, a team reporter, obviously knows his stuff, and and we kind of dive into, obviously, the disappointing loss this last Sunday night against the Chiefs. Uh, What went wrong in that game? Because it seemed like there were several turning points and and that uh, obviously the Broncos were in the game, but uh, were not able to put up enough points, uh, especially, you know, obviously offensively in the red zone. And so we kind of dive into that, how maybe the Broncos can fix that offense moving forward and and kind of uh, how important that is going into these final five games as they make, uh, you know, a final playoff push here um, with the Lions, Bengals, Raiders. Chargers and Chiefs still remaining on their schedule. It feels like they obviously still have a, a lot in front of them. So Eric and I dive into all of that this week. Um, so thanks again for everybody that's listening. Uh, please subscribe, like the podcast, uh, leave a review, and I will see you guys again next Wednesday. All right, guys, welcome in my best friend on the beat, Eric Delala of DenverBroncos.com. Eric, how you doing? George, I'm honored to be back. I know. I think uh, you are the first reoccurring guest. I want to say on the on the on the podcast. Well, so, a homer like me brought back for a second episode. I know. I know. Well, it's because you know, and I said it before we got on. It's a coping episode after what was what can only be described as a disappointing uh, loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Um, and I don't know about you, Eric, but coming into the game. I, and I, I said this to you, I actually said this to you, I think the night before I said, I don't want to say this publicly, but I think the Broncos might win this football game. And I was dead wrong. Uh, but were you surprised at all? Well, let's just jump in. Were you surprised at all uh, about the way that the Broncos performed on Sunday night? Yeah, I'm not surprised that the Broncos lost necessarily. And I, I did mm-hmm. think there was a good chance the Broncos were going to win. I, I thought they were going to do it, but I'm not surprised that they lost. I'm surprised the way that they lost, you know, you kind of, had talked all offseason about how they were building this team to compete with the Chiefs. You saw it the last few weeks. They were playing better football. Teddy Bridgewater had avoided turning the football over, and you thought, hey, this is the exact type of team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and then they just made mistakes that they hadn't made all year, really. And I know people will point to saying, oh, the offense hasn't been great all year. That's true to some extent, but they hadn't made those mistakes, and when you make those in Arrowhead, you're not going to have a chance, and they didn't have a chance. It was over, really. Um, midway through the third quarter and certainly some turning points before that as well. Yeah, let's hit on a few of those turning points in the game. Um, I thought maybe the biggest, I mean, two of the biggest, in my opinion, were obviously, um, you know, you get down 10 to zero and we've talked about it many times. This team is not built to come from behind, but they had opportunities. Um, You know, you look at that second quarter and I believe the drive that they went down um, and got a field goal, they had it first and 10 at the 14 yard line. Uh, Cortland Sutton gets a penalty, I believe his pass, inter- I think he had two penalties actually, but it was pass interference 
And then uh, the next play, Teddy Bridgewater gets an intentional grounding. And so now all of a sudden it's second and 30 from the 34. You end up having to kick a field goal because you dig yourself a hole. But then really, to me, the biggest turning point in the game is they go on what can only be described as an incredible drive of 20 plays, uh, 11 minutes off the clock, uh, 80-something yards, all the way down to the eight-yard line. They convert, uh, what was it, a fourth and one early in the drive, and then they convert a fourth and seven, uh, thanks to Cortland Sutton, and then they get stuffed on fourth and two. That, to me, that's when they didn't get that, I was like, okay, uh, I think they're in trouble because if they if they score there, right, uh, I think it would have been 10 to 10 maybe or, or 13 to 10, I can't remember. Uh, and then obviously the muffed punt in the second half, uh, the pick six, you know, really put the nail in the coffin. But what was maybe of those things, what was maybe the biggest turning point or the biggest moment in the game that you said, uh, I think they're in for a tough night? Yeah, I mean, I think going behind early, that's just not the way this team is built to come back from something like that. So you had some bad signs right off the back. I thought it was encouraging that they came back and kicked a field goal. Obviously, the 20 play drive is encouraging, but a couple of things about that. One, the Broncos have had four 18 play drives in the last 20 years. They've got a field goal on one of those drives and, and that's it. And you might think that's weird, but that means you don't have the ability or you're not on that drive hitting on any big plays and when you're when you have that many plays in a row, you're bound to make a mistake at some point. The Broncos unfortunately did it on a, a critical fourth and two there at the very end. I did like the decision to go for it, George. I, I think that mm-hmm. if you kick a field goal there after 20 plays, that's a win for the Chiefs. They're like, man, they just hit us with our with their best possible shot, and we held them to three. So I do like that decision. Obviously, it didn't work, but to me, the bigger issue offensively is you only got into the red zone one more time the rest of the game. So even if you tie it up at 10 to 10 there. It wasn't like you went right back down the field in the third quarter and had another chance because Pat Sertan gets another interception there to start the second half. You've got a chance. Hey, forget the 20 play drive. Forget the fact that you're down 10 to three. Let's go make this a tie ball game and you go three and out. So that to me, obviously, the interceptions ultimately kind of ice the game away and the fumble by Deontay Spencer where he gets run into those things ice the game away. But the fact that the offense wasn't able to sustain drives, wasn't able to move the ball deep into Kansas city territory. Like I said, one more drive into the red zone that that's not good enough. Even if you don't have any of those turnovers. Yeah. And I want to let's, let's dive into the offense a little bit, because when you look at it statistically, and I'm looking at the stats right here, if you were to just look at the box score here and Denver had 22 first downs to Kansas city's 15, uh, 404 total yards, 200, 267 of the Chiefs. Uh, they ran the ball for 154 yards, Kansas City only 89. Uh, you would look at some of those, five penalties to seven penalties. Uh, I mean, you look at some of those stats and you're like, how did the Broncos lose this game? And then obviously you look at the turnovers. Uh, I mean, you're not going to win many games that you give up a pick six. Um, you know, the other Bridgewater turnover wasn't great. The, obviously the, the, the muffed punt by Deontay Spencer. All those things play into it. You know, Javante Williams is maybe the only bright spot on the offense, but this is where it's concerning for me, Eric. And and I know you and I have talked about this a little bit is, I mean, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, uh, they had three total catches. Cortland Sutton had two catches, 15 yards, Tim Patrick, one catch, nine yards. Uh, and they look, I mean, Sutton got six, six targets, Patrick, five targets, uh, a couple of those, you know, weren't even catchable balls, but um they just have to find ways to get the ball to their playmakers. And, you know, Jerry Judy had a good game, you know, four catches, 77 yards, but he hasn't found the end zone this season. And I, and I tweeted that out uh, yesterday. How is that possible? And of course, I know he, he missed, you know, what was it? Five games, four games, whatever it was with an ankle sprain. But I mean, he's arguably the best player on the entire team. 
You know, how, you got to find ways to get him the football, especially like you said, Eric, in the red zone. And I know they didn't have many red zone opportunities, but I don't even know if the ball was thrown into the end zone uh, on some of those those drives. So um, I, I don't know I, what what would maybe be on the top of your list of, of fixing this offense. And I mean, again, I, I know you're no uh, offensive coordinator in the NFL, Eric, but uh, how would you maybe try and fix this Broncos offense? I mean, the issue is that there's no easy answer because what they're really good at is running the football. And unfortunately, running the football, I think Chris Collinsworth mentioned it on the broadcast is what I heard afterward. You know, that, that's not going to score you a ton of points. It can help you stay in the game. It can help you control the clock, can help out your defense. But you're probably not going to score 40 points a game or 35 points a game running the football, you know, 25, 30 times a game. And the issue is that when you try to go to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick more, which they should be doing, I do think that they need to get more involved. But if you throw it deep down the field, you know, on second and 10, and you don't complete it. And then you're off the field on that ensuing third down, then you're, you don't have enough plays to get the ball to them more. And I think what we've seen is that this offense, when it gets too reliant on the pass, they either, you know, they're not able to find that rhythm in the passing game. Vic Fangio talked about that this week and they're just not quite, built to throw it the same way that like the Patrick Mahomes is or that Justin Herbert is with the Chiefs offense where you know every play could be a pass for them and it works it, this right. offense just isn't built that way I think it's still about hey can you run the ball enough to stay in those second and shorts third and shorts and then take your chances to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and even if they're not having five catches each per game can you at least get it to like three or four and have them in the 50 yard, 60 yard range, um, give them a chance to run after the catch. That was supposed to be a big thing that Teddy Bridgewater was going to help this team with. And with the exception of a few Jerry Judy catches against the chiefs, we didn't see much run after the catch from the Broncos at all. Um, so they got to figure that out. And then this team is just going to have to be, they're not going to have six red zone attempts a game. And so if you get in there three times, if you get in there four times, you got to score touchdowns. You have right. to be nearly perfect. That's just the way this team is built to win, I think. And the Judy thing is is bizarre, but I think maybe it might be that he's a smaller guy and that he relies on separation. And when you're in the end zone and there's a, a couple more guys in the box that you just don't get that much room. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of right. why he's not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, and I mean, look, I you know I thought it was Teddy, one of Teddy's worst performances this season. Um, which is unfortunate because I thought he actually played pretty well, um, you know, obviously going back to the Chargers game. And that's what's weird about this team. It's it's I mean, you know, Vic talked about it a little bit is how it's been really a roller coaster uh, in terms of how they've performed this season just up and down uh, every single week. I think, you know, some of the bright spots you can take out of it. Obviously, Javante Williams is a stud. We knew that we finally got to see him really carry the load. Uh, and he was fantastic. I thought I, I thought he also did a really good job in pass protection going back and watching the game. Mike Boone, I thought came in and contributed well, which, you know, I'm all on, I, you know, I'm the driver of the Mike Boone uh, hype train. So yeah, uh, you're the conductor. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was glad to see that. Um, obviously I, you know, we didn't even hit on the defense because I thought they played really well. Uh, when you're able to hold Patrick Mahomes to 184 yards through the air, uh, 57.3, uh, you know, rating and, you know, five of 12 on third down. I mean, I thought that they, they did well enough to win that game. And I asked, Vic that after the game and of course you know he said he didn't want to make it about that but it's true I mean I they played well enough to win that football game defensively um and so that's that's the unfortunate part but Eric let's look forward a little bit 
five games left. We got to talk to Kareem Jackson, who it sounds like he was kind of the guy uh, that talked to the team after the game about, hey, five games left, playoff mentality. The rest of these five games have got the Lions coming up this week, then Bengals, then at Raiders, at Chargers, uh, and then the Chiefs back home. What do they need to realistically do, Eric, in these five games to, to make a playoff push? I mean, the AFC seems so wide open. I think we've all said probably they need to get to 10 games, uh, 10 wins. Uh, so, you know, it's, maybe that's four out of five. But what do you think needs to happen in these, these final five games to, you know, make that playoff push? Yeah, I mean, there, there is no chance at nine wins that they're going to make the playoffs. They've got mm-hmm. to get to 10. And even then, it might not get them in because Buffalo is now going to be a team that could have 10 wins. Cincinnati's pushing for it, the Chargers, the Colts. So one thing the Broncos need some of these teams, I know they talk about controlling their own destiny, but they need some of these teams to lose some football games. So when New England goes to Indianapolis next week, cheer for the Patriots. You know, uh, the Broncos really need to beat the Chargers when they go to L.A. in a few weeks. You want the Bengals to lose a couple of these games here. So that, that's part of it is what else is going around them. Um, I think the Broncos would be like the fifth or sixth seed in the NFC right now at six and six. The AFC is a little bit tougher, but, you know, just keep playing defense the way you're playing it. They've been, they've kind of finally found their groove. The secondary is as good as advertised. Um, The front seven has been fine. The linebacking core is improved. Um, Hopefully Bradley Chubb can get closer to a rhythm. Um, And then, you know, you, on offense, you just have to take advantage of some of these limited opportunities. You have to be better. I don't look at this slate and say, hey, it's impossible for the Broncos to get four wins. Obviously, you have to beat Detroit. There's no question about that, and I think the Broncos will do that. And then you look at you know, the Raiders without Henry Ruggs. That kind of takes away the thing that hurt the Broncos the most in that game. You look at the Chargers, and you think, hey, Vic Fangio had a really good plan for Justin Herbert. And then you say the Bengals at home, that's an up-and-down Bengals team. Um, I like the Broncos' chances at home. It's no, no guarantee, but – I think at the very least, George, we could be looking at the Chiefs coming to Denver in week 18 with a potential playoff spot on the line and say, if the Broncos yeah. win this, they're in. And I think that would be really poetic in some ways for this team to be able to respond to what happened in Arrowhead. Um, and listen, I, it's tough to say that they're going to do it for sure, because the one thing we haven't seen them do is, you know, stack wins together against good teams, but they've also played with the exception of this weekend, some of their best football recently against good teams and the Cowboys and the Chargers. So maybe they're fired up. Maybe they're ready to go and, and get some of these wins, but they have to be better on offense. You have to be scoring in the twenties defense. Just keep doing what you're doing. And George, I know this isn't popular, but if you were to get to 10 and seven and you don't make the playoffs and even really, I think you could convince me depending on how it happens. If you're at nine and eight, I really like how Vic Fangio has kind of turned things around and what he's done and where he has this defense going. I know everyone wants a kind of an increased offense performance. And, you know, I'd like to see that too, but what you don't want to do is not be able to take advantage of all this defensive talent you have in the future. So um, I'm hoping they get to nine wins. I'm hoping they get to 10 wins and uh, maybe see this team in a playoff game. Yeah. I like Vic. Um, And I, I I think, we're going to, the listeners are going to go way down after this episode. Um, you know, well, you won't, I, don't have me back again. This will be the yeah. last. Time. Um, but I, I think you're right. I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job. And, and when you look at, I mean, and we could get into discussions of Vic Fangio's career um, as the Broncos head coach, but you know, the, the reality is he really hasn't had an elite quarterback, which I think you have to have in the NFL these days. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater's done an, an, an okay job. Um, but maybe if you get the right, 
offensive coordinator in here or you uh, bring in a, a top, you know, uh, quarterback in the, in the off season, um, you're looking at this roster and you're like, okay, they, they can really compete. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how they play out in these final five games, because I think we all said before the season, you know, this is a nine and eight, 10 and seven, eight and nine, you know, that it was somewhere in that range. And now they're sitting there and it looks like that's how it's going to play out. And they, they've set themselves up, even though they've lost games, I think that, that they're going to kick themselves about. You look at the Eagles game, um, that, that's a game that I still look back and like, man, they should have won that game. Um, you know, the Steelers game was one that they came out flat that I think that you look back and you're like, man, the Steelers aren't as good uh, as maybe people thought. I, you know, they're going to look back at some of those, but they're still sitting at six and six. Uh, and like you said, they win four games, which I think is really doable uh, when you look at the schedule. And, and it, let's say they even go three and zero in the final division you know, AFC West games, uh, that's possible. Or even, I mean, like you said, the Chiefs game there at the end, I think we've all said that could be a game uh, that puts them into the playoffs. And who knows what the Chiefs at that point, I mean, they're kind of rolling right now. Maybe they're at that point resting some of their starters because they know their destiny. I, I don't know if they'd actually do that against the Broncos, but um, who knows, right? Uh, and so that's why I know people are upset um, that they, they, they lose a game like they did on Sunday night. Uh, but they still do technically have everything in front of them. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Eric, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, and I really, I don't expect a detailed answer from you, but what do the Broncos need to watch for uh, from the Lions this weekend? What's maybe uh, a key to that win? I know the Lions are coming off their only victory this season over the Vikings this last Sunday, which makes me think that they might be, you know, a little hungover from that one loss uh, coming into Denver this weekend. But what's a, what's a, what's maybe the biggest key to this game on Sunday? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm relieved that the Lions won because I don't think you want a team that hasn't won a game coming to your place this late in the season with something like that to play for. So yeah. good for the Broncos that they won. I don't know, George. I don't think there's like an, an X's and O's deal because I think the Broncos are just a lot more talented. I think Vic Fangio's defense can give Jared Goff fits. Um, you just got to show up and be ready to play. And I think that if you're not ready, you know, Kareem Jackson talked about we got to have a playoff mindset and Obviously, that applies more to playing the Bengals, the Raiders, the Chargers, whoever. But just show up this weekend and leave no doubt that you're a better team and kind of use this as a building block for the final four games. If you do that, you should win the game. It shouldn't necessarily be close. Um, should be a double-digit win. From a talent perspective, that's what I see. Kind of like one of those wins over the Jaguars or the Jets, you know, where just like you, you kind of outclass them, just where you are with this roster. And Broncos are a better team. But, yeah, don't fall behind, I guess, if I have to give one solid answer. Right. Yeah. And I think that the, the biggest thing for this game this weekend is, like you said, you know, uh, this final five game stretch, get out on the right foot, right? Make sure you feel confident about yourself. Go out there, uh, put together one of your better performances this season, because I think you can against the Lions, uh, a nice rebound game, you know, after this, this tough loss against the Chiefs. So I think that that's the biggest thing. Um, when you talk about this game on Sunday. So Eric, I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, where can the people, I mean, the people should know where they can find your stuff, but where can the people find your stuff, your podcast? Uh, and then also what are, what are we looking forward to uh, in this week's program on Sunday? If you can give us a, a little hint. Oh yeah. A little scoop there for you. Well, you can find the, my articles and, and video previews and all that stuff on denverbroncos.com. You can follow me at Eric Delala on Twitter. It's Eric with an A, George, a little bit confusing. Um, and, uh, Bradley Chubb is going to be on the game program. So he's back from injury and hopefully he can make a big impact here over the final stretch. So nice to get him on the cover of the game program. If 
any listeners are coming out to the game, make sure to pick one of those up. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it, heard it here first. Uh, make sure you guys pick up one of those programs, read Eric's stuff. He's the best, uh, knows everything going on with the team because of course he is the team reporter. Uh, but thanks for tuning in guys. Make sure you guys subscribe, like the podcast, and I will see you guys again next Wednesday.